like I've made friends with it to be like, that's my, my lighthouse, my little beaming light of help that says you need to slow down. And so that's, I let myself do that. Whenever I have a, a, a flare up of whatever, <laughs> yeast infections, herpes, HPV, whatever, I allow myself to slow down. I usually clean up my diet pretty well for about a week or so because like diet also can trigger things. And if you have a, a clean and healthy diet and intentional diet, it can help speed up the healing process. So I make sure that I take really good care of myself during that time but just also have a lot of love and compassion for myself and be like, okay, what, what can I learn from this? And what can I, what do I need to maybe cut out of my life or reduce? Welcome to the live your fuck yes life podcast, your place for all things, real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 97. Truth talk, as always. Uh, I have been really, really struggling with whether or not to put out podcast episodes uh, and close out season four as I had intended. And I, uh, amidst everything going on in the world, and I'm not talking about COVID, um, I'm talking about George Floyd. I'm talking about Breonna Taylor. I'm talking about everything that uh, has been happening especially in the United States, but all over the world um, in this week and also for years and years and years. And uh, there is a lot of, there are a lot of white people speaking right now. Um, and uh, and it's tough when you're in a position where uh, you are running a business and to know what your voice um if your voice matters in this, in times like these, and I have done a lot of self-reflection, um, I think it's very interesting timing that before all of this really started happening, I decided to take a step back from Instagram and reduce my voice and reduce my teachings for a while. Uh, it's funny how the universe works, and I don't think that that is at all uh, a coincidence. And um, what I have decided to do is to close out, obviously we are here, we have a, we have an episode this week, um, but close out the podcast as intended, but with a very different, um, different path for the next three episodes. Um, this episode is one that I personally feel really, really compelled to share. Um, I loved recording with Adrian and, uh, there is so much um, that we talk about in this episode that um, that is actually actively part of my own personal journey right now. And if there's anything that I constantly try to do, it's um, share honestly and openly uh, around my, my healing journey. So uh, we'll get into that in a second. And that's why I chose to have this episode air today. Um, but the next couple of weeks as we head into uh and round out to episode 100, which is wild to say out loud. Um, 
we're going to be changing pace and, uh, and, uh, having some, uh, I, I, I have, uh, a slew of, um, a whole new, a whole new two episodes that are coming your way, um, to, uh, really, really break open the, these conversations and, um, and show up intentionally with all of you during this time, um, which I always do, but this, I, I just, I needed to pivot. So I'm pivoting. Um, and, um, and in the process of that, I am also, um, as you, uh, if you follow me, um, on Instagram, obviously I'm not talking there. So I want you to know here that I have been personally, um, really owning, my inherent racism. And I'm going to be getting into that a lot more next week on the podcast. Um, but I'm taking this time right now to continue my education and to really, really sit with the discomfort that is coming up for me and honor that and, um, and, uh, and do my part, uh, do my part behind the scenes, do my part in donating, do my part in, um, educating and supporting, um, myself and also supporting the numerous incredible activists in this space, um, and teachers and artists and beyond. Um, and like I said, I will be getting more into that next week. And if you are in my live your fuckiest life membership, you know, we are deep diving into this, which speaking of, um, this is, this is part of the work that I do, um, is constantly pivoting, to honor what is. And, uh, we were supposed to deep dive into, um, into, uh, a month on breathwork and meditation. That was part of my scheduled plan for my membership. And in light of everything going on, I asked my incredible community where they would prefer to spend their time, um, and where I felt compelled to move it to. Um, and, and I am certainly not teaching on, um, on the Black Lives Matter movement or teaching on um, racism or what it means to be an anti-racist or um, white privilege because I cannot teach on that. Um, but what I can do is facilitate open dialogue and conversations and bring in guest experts who can. So um, as you are listening to this, uh, I normally do not have my membership open beyond the first week of the month, but I encourage you and implore you, um, if you would like to be a part of these dialogues and these conversations, um, to join us, um, and, um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, and, and that's what we're going to be doing and, and tackling first head, uh, head on and, and reading, um, works by, by black, um, uh, uh authors, um, around white supremacy, around, um, race in this country and educate ourselves, um, and have the conversations that I think so many of the people that we are watching stay silent. Maybe that could, maybe that's you too, um, stay silent, which is okay because, um, it's okay if that's been your, 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 your MO. It was mine too for a long time because, um, there is a lot of fear of saying the wrong thing, right? But there's something around silence um, that doesn't contribute to anything, right? And 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 it also is, um, I think, only a, a deeper reflection of the work we need to do, and the conversations we need to practice and preach, and um, and have. And and I have a lot to learn, and I am by no means an expert on this, but I um, 
I come to you honestly in this space and we'll be doing so very, very intentionally within the membership. So um, if you are called to, you can always find us in the show notes or head over to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash membership to come join the conversation and um, and be a part of a, of a safe space to learn and grow and heal um, and and impact um, and, and own, own your, own your privilege, own your privilege, because that is part of, um, part of what we need to, as white humans do. (sighs) Okay. Um, today's episode is with the incredible, 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 uh, Adrienne Romel. I think that's how you pronounce your name, my love. Adrienne Romel, um, who is better known as the Yoni nutritionist. I realized we didn't even say that on the, uh, her last name on the podcast, <laughs> but she is incredible. Um, and um, the reason I'm so excited to share her story and and everything we talked about in today's episode is because um, I think there is a deep, deep stigma around vaginal health around um, around all of these things. And I personally have been going through. Um, a journey, and it's so funny. As we recorded this, I did not actually know for sure, but I had um, I had guessed that I have something called candida, which we go into at length in this episode, and I talk about how I'm thinking that could be what's going on for me. And since we had this episode, I have seen a naturopath and have been really, really, really um, focusing on the protocols that we uh, we. Uh, established in that space. And without a shadow of a doubt, I have candida overgrowth. And again, we talk about it at length this episode, so I don't really want to get into it here, but my root of it and my symptoms have been really, really interesting and actually very different than Adrian's. Um, And at the root of it, as you probably have seen on my Instagram, has been chronic eczema my whole life. And right now I'm at like I have been in a perpetual state of really, and have a really particular kind of eczema, which I didn't know until I saw my naturopath. And it's very, very, very bad um, and very intense to the point where I couldn't even like close my hands because they were chapped and bleeding and pussy and disgusting and and very, very um, painful to live with. Um, can't Couldn't even like open a door on my own um, without it, without my skin like busting open. Um not to mention years, especially the last year and a half since going off the pill of being uh, having really intense hormone imbalances and, and irregular periods, um, having uh, being been on the pill in the first place, and also um, for as long as I did is contributing factor. I also tend um, through my lab results, I have I'm estrogen dominant. Um, which is a contributing factor to candida and can often be. Um, I used to have chronic UTIs and I, I still occasionally have them, but they are much less um, frequent now. <clears throat> and and I also used to have chronic strep throat until I had my tonsils removed when I was 21. And so I have spent a lot of my, my, uh, my years as a late teen and early adult on antibiotics like up the wazoo like all the time and that is a contributing factor to candida overgrowth as well so there's a lot of stuff for me particularly that play into this and over the last as I'm recording this it has been uh four days that I have been on this particular protocol and the intense like change that I've had in my skin in just four days has been 
unbelievable. Like it is such a different, it feels like night and day. Um, and the healing process is really, truly beginning. And it feels like hope for the first time. And, and not only that, um, so this particular episode feels very, very tied to me. And also, um, it is something that we have never, I've never talked about on the podcast, all of this vaginal health stuff. Um, and she's talked so openly about her experience with HPV, with genital herpes, um, and beyond. And it is a truly, truly incredibly empowering episode. And if you have a vagina, I cannot say enough about listening to this. Like it is the episode for you. So, um, Without further ado, here's Adrian. Here's all the goodness, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. I am seriously like so stoked to have you on. I it's so funny. <laughs> I I rarely, rarely, rarely. I think I have maybe once in four seasons had a nutritionist on the podcast, and here's why. I I have a personal background in nutrition. Like I've done, I've done all that work. I understand it deeply because my binge eating was such a perpetual problem for me and understanding like the link between my gut health and my anxiety and my panic attacks and all that stuff. And it was really helpful to gain an understanding around, but because I have a background in disordered eating and a lot of my followers do, and a lot of my peeps in this community do, I so rarely feel compelled to have someone who like their OG space is in that world because I have seen a lot of nutritionist programs like perpetuate eating disorder and relationship in that way to food. And then I came across you and I was like, I'm obsessed with this human and (laughs) the work she's doing and like everything that you're putting out into the world. And I, I think you're talking about food and healing in a way that I have not seen before, like ever. Oh, good. <laughs> and it's and it's incredible. And like to literally just be like, I'm fucking talking about vaginas and I'm talking about vaginal health it, with 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 so much like open. I'm like, fuck, yes, this is what we do on the podcast. We talk about shit that like nobody wants to talk about the taboo AF shit. And I don't think talking about our vag- our vaginas should be a taboo thing. Like we all 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 female identified humans have them, you know. So like, why why are we not talking about that? Why are we not talking about how our vaginal health um, impacts our sex lives? How are we? Not, why are we not talking about how our our food and what we consume impacts our bodies in such a huge, palpable way? And you do it in such an accessible way that I'm just like, fuck yes, have to have her on. So I'm so excited, like so, and I'm oh, so excited so to learn too because I personally have been navigating a lot of stuff with my own health, and I'm like give me all your, all your deets. (laughs) (laughs) So I love it. I'm so happy that you invited me on. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to living your fuck yes life. So, okay. So walk me into like what got you into, cause like you're the Yoni nutrition nutritionist, which for people who are like, what the fuck does Yoni mean? Can you explain that? Because I know Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that term meant until like a year ago. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. And it was either like, it was either that or the vagina nutritionist or the vulva nutritionist. And I was like, that doesn't sound as friendly as Yoni. (laughs) But Yoni is a Sanskrit word for the female reproductive system. So it's not just your vagina or vulva. I love to use the word vagina. I just always use that word. But it's also like your womb and basically your entire reproductive system. Yeah. And so I also thought it was kind of a friendlier word. <laughs> Maybe more accessible to, that's to the folks more... who are less like, I mean, that's why I only attract basically humans who are like, give me all the shit because my fuck is like front and center in my world. But it, yeah, I guess like having vagina in your title 
would be very polarizing, I imagine. Yeah, it might be a little abrasive for some people because some people, like you're saying, still are have a really hard time talking about their vaginal health, even when they struggle. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. So what got you into that space in the first place? I know a piece of your story because I've done the deep dive on you and I just think it's really fucking incredible that you're talking so openly about these things. Um, but like, can you just share a little bit about your story? Like what got you into this space in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. I've struggled with my vaginal health ever since I was 16 years old, ever since I became sexually active, it was just one thing after the other, after the other. And I was just like, I, at that time, you know, I wish that we had the resources that we have now, but I didn't. And I thought that I was the only person going through these, these things. So I used to get recurring yeast infections, UTIs, you know, bacterial infections, of yeah. course, like in my late teens, early twenties, but then I got diagnosed with HPV and genital herpes within like the same year, basically when I was 21. And I was just like, wow. Oh my, just nothing but issues. And, um, it wasn't until about six years ago now that I got di Well, I didn't get diagnosed cause you can't, I wasn't diagnosed, but I had a candida overgrowth and that was like, the top of top issues for sure. me because yeah. it not only affected my vagina but it affected my entire body mm. and that's when i was like fuck can't i just get a new vagina <laughs> like replace replace yeah and it mm. was so crazy i was like why is this how is this happening to me like how have all of these things happened to me it's just crazy so when i did when i got the experiencing candida overgrowth, I did a candida elimination diet and it worked. And I was like, holy shit. Like you really are what you eat. Mm -hmm. Like really, <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought I was eating healthy, but I wasn't. And I, I realized that everything that I was eating was contributing to my health issues. So it was, you know, all about my gut. I was eating a lot of carbs, a lot of sugar, a lot of like dairy, like all of the inflammatory foods that I mm -hmm. thought was healthy, mm -hmm. that were taught as healthy, but it wasn't healthy for me. And that's when it changed for me. And that's when I quit my corporate life of 12 years and went back to school in my mid thirties to become a nutritionist. And when I did after school, I was like, I really want to specialize in women's health. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's going through these issues or has experienced these things. And I'm not <laughs> totally so many women are struggling with their issues, but they've had nobody to talk to about it. And, you know, like, I don't mean to bash Western medicine or doctors, but a lot of doctors don't talk about it or don't really get to the root cause yeah. of the issue. They just are like, Oh, here, it's not really anything serious. Here's some medication. It'll go away in a couple of days. Well, when you have constant chronic recurring issues, there's a reason. Yeah. It's like the body's screaming. The body's telling you like something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's through the work I've done just and through my own experience and through school and the women that I've been working with, like it's really interesting to know the root cause of these issues is gut health. And it's everything that you put into your mouth literally is connected to your gut. And yeah. that's why I do what I do. <laughs> That's so, it's so interesting because so many of the things you talked about, can you explain a little bit more about what candida is? Because 
this is the term that I am not super familiar with personally. Oh yeah. Yeah. And not a lot of women are, I've been talking about this a lot lately on my social media because there's a lot of signs and symptoms that we experience every day. Very, very common that are related to candida, but not a lot of people know what it is. So candida is a form of fungus. There's like 20 different types of species of candida that usually live happily and healthily in our gut. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if we are feed, if we're eating things that um, feed the candida and causes it to overgrow, that's when we can have health issues. So then there's an imbalance of good bacteria versus bad bacteria. And this specific candida fungus can really wreak havoc in the body. And it's like um, all kinds of signs and symptoms like recurring yeast infections, recurring UTIs and bacterial vaginosis infections, Mm -hmm. um, skin issues like acne and eczema and skin rashes and hives, digestive issues like bloating, gas, abdominal cramping, constipation, or like the opposite, diarrhea. Um, Oh God, there's like chronic fatigue low energy brain fog is like the worst i when i had my candida overgrowth i had i couldn't remember things that happened yesterday Mm. it was so weird and i was getting like cystic acne all over my face at 32 years old like it was it was so bad that i was afraid to go out in public i was getting yeast infections once or twice a month and i had it weakens your immune system i had this crazy chronic like sinus infection that just wouldn't go away Oh my God. Allergies, like anxiety, depression, Mm. moodiness, irritability, and cravings. Like if you're really craving sugar and starches and carbs, that's also a good indication. So there's so many common symptoms that we would consider to not really be that big of a deal, sure, but that are totally related to a candida overgrowth. It sounds as someone receiving it, you were talking, I was like, well, I can check a few of those off the, off the box for myself. Like I, I have, I mean, struggled for years. It's gotten a lot better in the last couple of years. Um, but like, especially in my teens and early twenties through mid twenties, even like my, I would have chronic UTIs, like three, four a year, really bad ones. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you just go to the doctor, they give you back, you know, give you the fucking antibiotics for seven weeks, they go away and then you hope it doesn't happen again. But for whatever reason, they keep coming back or I mean, I can, I'm showing you my hands right now, but this is my eczema flare up right now. Like the worst it's ever been, um, in my life. And I've had it since I was, you know, a baby, like I've had constant eczema problems and, and I have tried everything under the sun, eliminating dairy, you know, like all sorts of stuff. And like, there are days and months where it goes without like having a flare up. And then sometimes where it's, this has been like this for like a month now and it's debilitating, Mm. you know? And it's, so it's like, Mm -hmm. but how do you, that's the list of symptoms or potential like things. I'm like, well, I feel like there's not a human out there who isn't experiencing like one or two or three of those things and maybe more. So like, how do you know that it's candida? Is that, is, is there a way you can like, through a naturopath or like getting your stool tested or something like actually no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can do all of those. You can, you can do see a naturopath. You can get your stool tested. Um, you can get a blood test. You can get a swab by your doctor, but there's also lots of online quizzes that you can do oh, that. Cool. Yeah. That will determine if you have candida. 
Okay. For me, it was clear because I kept getting these yeast infections and everything else. Yeah. Um, but if you only have like two or three of those list of symptoms that I listed, it may or may not be candida and it's worth looking into to just check. What are some of like the resources for, for, you said quizzes that you can take, like what are some of those that you can find and where do you recommend going? Um, the one that uh, stands out for me is the candidadiet.com. Okay. They have an online questionnaire, but if you just, if you Google the candida diet questionnaires, there's tons of things that come up, but I love the candidadiet.com as a resource. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Siri's like, okay, so you want to, you want to get some candida diet here? I'll get it to you right away. I love that. (laughs) And yeah. And like people, so women who have been on long-term birth control use and long-term antibiotic use, are really affected by candida because Mm. of everything that happens in your gut when you're taking long-term antibiotics. And like you were saying, you get a UTI or BV infection, you take like rounds of antibiotics and then you get a yeast infection. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just such a vicious cycle with these medications. That's wild. And so to like, okay, so then to have that experience on top of having HPV and HSV too, and like, all of the things like to walk me through what that, cause you said you got you that happened to you when you were 21. So how has that been? Like, obviously if you were in your mid thirties, when you start, like what was the process between like, I'm going to do this from a professional standpoint and like really heal this work versus in, in the in-between phase. Cause I imagine that must have been a wild, like to have that happen to you at 21 and just be like, Oh, Hey. And also like, fuck yes for talking about that openly because I don't see that ever, you know, like I, uh, I, and I probably have no, no resources in that space, um, to like know and understand. And like, I can't imagine someone who's listening, who's like, oh yeah, I have HPV or I have H and like, aren't the, aren't the numbers pretty fucking high for like amount of humans who actually have that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 80% or maybe even 90% of sexually active people will come across HPV at some point in their lives. And HPV is interesting. It's a virus. Yeah. So I think we're learning a lot about viruses these days. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, but there's like 200 or more different strains of HPV. But the way it commonly shows up in people is either through genital warts um, or for women, it's common to get for it to turn into cervical dysplasia. So it starts to change the cells on the the skin cells of the external cervix. Mm. And if that, if you're not careful with that and can't like consistently going to your gynecologist and getting pap smears and checking it out, it can lead to cervical cancer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of vaccines and stuff um, for HPV, but I don't think it protects a hundred percent. Totally. Um, Yeah. So I've got the cervical dysplasia kind of HPV and I did have an issue with it when I first got diagnosed where I had to go into the hospital and do an outpatient procedure. It's called the LEAP procedure and have the skin cells of my cervix burned off. Oh my gosh. And that seemed to help. And so now I just go to the, to the gynecologist fairly regularly and get my pap smear. And sometimes the results come back as normal. And sometimes it comes back as abnormal, Mm -hmm. but I just, that's when I just have to keep monitoring it. 
but living a healthy lifestyle, make sure, making sure that you have a really good diet, making sure that you're minimizing stress and it's a virus, right? It like, yeah. when you think about in the times we live in these days, coronavirus, like what do you do to prevent vi viruses? You boost your immune system. You're making sure you're eating healthy, yeah. you're getting sleep, you're doing all the things. It's the same you're thing. You're at least HPV. trying to. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, just a different virus. Yeah. And herpes as well, like HSV1 or HSV2, HSV1 is both oral and genital and HSV2 is primarily just genital. I have the primarily just genital one mm -hmm. and that's the same. It's a virus. And that experience for me has been quite a, a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I first got diagnosed when I was 21, it was like awful and I didn't really know, know much about it. And between the time I was diagnosed at 21 until I was about 31, so like in the period of 10 years, I maybe had like five outbreaks or five issues with it. And I had lots of partners told them about it. Everybody was fine. Like it wasn't really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I went back to school to become a nutritionist when my stress level went from here to like here. Super high. Did yeah. it start becoming an issue? And I was getting outbreaks once or twice a month for two or three years and that was extreme horrible <laughs> extremely horrible like to the point where i just couldn't trust my body anymore it was so unpredictable i was it gave me so much anxiety because it wasn't just the physical part of it it was the yeah the psychological and the emotional part of it where I'm usually a very confident, very sexual, very sensual, open person, yeah. but that really made me like retreat. But I learned how to manage that too, through diet, nutrition, and wellness practices. Cause there's things that you need to be mindful of eating things that you need to avoid wellness practices that you can do. But it's also like a big mirror that's being held up in front of your face where all your shit, like your traumas, your insecurities, mm. your childhood shit, totally. all comes up to the surface and it's looking at you ready to be healed because mm. that's usually what triggers it. Mm. And this is the thing like with these, with vaginal health issues, they don't just appear out of nowhere. There's always something that triggers it. It's, and it's always, it's usually stress yeah. or diet or the body is going through some kind of stress and it's usually associated to a past trauma or past experience yeah hurtful experience yeah so as it's part of your work in that space for yourself ha has that included like trauma work and like therapy and like navigating that oh, yeah yeah yes I was in therapy for five years I probably should still be in therapy <laughs> but I just got back to Canada so I haven't been seeing my therapist but I've also done a lot of personal development work and like yeah. uh silent retreats, meditation retreats, yoga retreats, I've done plant medicine, mm. a lot of meditation, kundalini yoga is like, for me, yeah. it's a lot of work, a lot of learning how to take care of my body, a lot of journaling, a lot of mindfulness, a lot of crying. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a release in and of itself that helps your body like release so much that it's hold, holding. I think so, so few of us feel like even even as like female identified people it's like okay crying is is shows like signs of weaknesses and i'm like let it the fuck out because it's your body holding shit and like we need oh, that yeah 
It's like when you can let go and have a good cry, mm. it's like peeling back layers of an onion, mm. you know, because then the next level of whatever it is that wants to be healed comes up. Mm-hmm. And there's always more. There's always more. (laughs) There's always more. I think I just want to say something like really intentional around what you've highlighted too, is that like we are all individual. And I think so, so often we just want like a quick fix to something when our bodies are literally like individually made so differently. And so like what's going to work for one person isn't going to necessarily be the thing that works for another. And sometimes what works for you like 10 years ago, our bodies are constantly shifting and evolving, right? So what's working for you 10 years ago isn't necessarily working for you, like, as you said, more recently in your life. And I think that's just a beautiful thing to note and like, and just reflect because I think that's why I think programs like what you have to offer are so vital because working with someone who can look at you and say, here are your individual needs, and let's go into that space together instead of just like putting a blanket, like go to your doctor and they're going to just give you a pamphlet that they give to like, you know, everyone and their mother. That's not fucking going to help. It's only going to like create a bandaid over a deeper, deeper internal issue. Yeah. And that's a good thing about being a holistic nutritionist. That is what the training that I did is. It's not just about the diet. It's about what's going on up here mm. and in your heart and in, in your body. Yes, the diet too, but it's all connected. So it's, it's understanding these emotions that are associated with these traumas and these stresses that are triggering these issues, because it's like, I'm not a therapist and I can only take that so far, but it's being able to help people identify those triggers so that they can go back and do that work Mm -hmm. on those things. And then I also help them with the nutrition part of it too. So it's, it's so crazy how it's all connected and like, totally, I, I used to be I used to not be a believer in this stuff. Like when I was in the corporate world in a suit, you know, like yeah. going with the the man and all that stuff. And now that I've experienced this for myself, it's like, oh my God, like it's true. <laughs> so what have been for you some of the connecting things that you've noticed, like you've worked through and it's shown up in your body from a healing standpoint? Oh, <laughs> so many things, but Um, for me, I'm a child of divorce and I'm an only child and I've been through multiple divorces and I had a very uneasy home and a very unsettling home life. Mm. And my parents were both emotionally unavailable. And I was like bouncing between households, every other, a lot going from one family back and forth to the other. And it was really tough for me as a really sensitive child kind of being in it by myself. So I notice my personal triggers, even now as a 38 year old woman, I still get triggered when my home environment isn't safe. Mm. When I'm, when I'm moving and I'm a, I'm, I've been a nomad for the past few years. I'm like, why have I been doing this to myself? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But Um, When I'm moving, when my home life is unsettled, when I have conflict with people that I love, I feel very, Mm. it triggers me in a deep, 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 deep level. And that's usually when I have an issue. That's usually when my herpes outbreaks come along. When I had candida, oh my God, I was living in Switzerland at the time and I was told I needed to leave. So that was like Mm. huge for me. And um So those are my personal triggers. 
I mean, everybody's triggers are different, totally, but they're usually related to something along the lines of childhood experiences or trauma. Yeah. And I noticed personally that, I mean, I, I, I haven't had a UTI in a long time, but like my eczema is just like constantly plaguing me. And I noticed that when I'm at peak stress levels, which I'm usually very good at navigating with my own, as you say, like myriad of personal development and and holistic approaches, but uh, I'm in a season of, of stress right now, um, a d- deep, intense stress, and, and it's showing up on my hands, you know, and and so that's also, it's it's what what i find so frustrating about that as someone who has spent so much time cultivating a healthy internal life is that there are some things that we cannot change or impact like our external sometimes just like impact us so how do you approach that for yourself and your clients because i know for me like i have all the tools and yet i'm still finding myself in this space and it can be very frustrating and exhausting and that only adds to the stress right it doesn't uh, it doesn't take that away. It doesn't like help sustain the, the, the issue. And, and and while like there is nothing inherently wrong with having eczema on my hands, it is painful and uncomfortable. And it's it's not like I cannot even like close my hands right now beyond this because they're so cut up and awful. So so like how do you when you're having a flare up of 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 anything or working with a client who's navigating something like and and they're in a particularly stressful space time of their life like what are some of the the tools that you usually uh, it, it can be nutrition or otherwise like what are some of the tools that you tend to really support them with hmm. I mean us we're both really great examples we work in the healthcare or like the wellness world and we have all the tools but that doesn't mean that we're immune to it yeah and you know we both experience that. Like I still get outbreaks and I have to be really careful to manage that stress in those times where I'm triggered, where I know that I'm triggered. I have to like really take care of myself and put myself as the first priority. And that's sort of what I do. And for myself and what I tell other clients is make sure that you are taking care of number one. And if that means like putting the brakes on some things, but also like, having loving yourself and having compassion for yourself when these things happen, because they will, and just not being like, Oh fuck, I've got another outbreak. Oh my God. What? Oh my God. Mm. Like my body, but just being like, okay, making friends with it almost mm. like I've made friends with it to be like, that's my, my lighthouse, my little beaming light of health that says you need to slow down. Mm. And so that's, I let myself do that. Whenever I have a, a, a flare up of whatever, <laughs> yeast infections, herpes, HPV, whatever, I allow myself to slow down. I usually clean up my diet pretty well for about a week or so mm. because like diet also can trigger things. And if you have a, a clean and healthy diet and intentional diet, it can help speed up the healing process. Yeah. So I make sure that I take really good care of myself during that time but just also have a lot of love and compassion for myself and be like, okay, what, what can I learn from this? And what can I, what do I need to maybe mm, cut out of my life or reduce? Mm. I, I love what you said about it being a lighthouse and a reminder because I have been recently reframing it for myself as, and I literally just like yesterday as we're recording this announced on my Instagram that I'm like 
I'm not going to be on Instagram for a while and I'm going to be like taking the next time to just rest and like focus on very small projects, um, close out season four of the podcast and like let it be for a little bit and let myself be because my body is telling me I need to slow down. And even now, like I was still slowing down, but there's a lot happening in my life outside of work. So I'm like, okay, like I need to be intentional. I need to really, really take care of me during this time beyond uh, the ways that I already have been. And I, I think, I think so many people, and I know I felt this way for so long. It's like your body does these things and you're like, what the actual fuck? Like, I thought my body, your body, my body is my only home. It's the only home I've been given. And it's like telling me like, it's not safe. And I cannot, I cannot, I mean, I've obviously had like, you know, certain things in my life, but like you've navigated so much and I cannot imagine what like experiencing that. And and especially as like in your young twenties, like teens, when we're just like coming into our own and, and feeling into ourselves as, as beings, like having all those things happen. And like society tells you, oh, you're not safe. Like, oh, you are not someone that like your body is like fucked up. Sorry about it. Like you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. Like has that, was that like, were those the messages you were receiving when you were in that space? Because I can't, I, I feel like that still exists and there's so much, oh, yeah. so much of a stigma around all of this stuff. And like, why don't we talk about this stuff? Like it, it, it baffles my mind because literally I'm like, I cannot think of one person in my life who has not had some, one of these things that you're talking about. And yet nobody talks about it openly. <laughs> yeah. There's so much shame and so much stigma around it. People are just so afraid because we haven't been taught properly. Like think about when the last time was you had your sex education class. I remember mine was in like grade six. I don't even feel like I had one. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, Like here is what happens if you have sex. You get pregnant and here is the baby. Here's a birthing video you can watch. (laughs) Yeah. And here's, uh, you could also get STDs and here's a photo of them like, Mm. It's so awful. Like I recently disclosed to my partner, bless him, bless his heart. (laughs) And he was like, so does that mean that you're contagious all the time? Like, is it just like one uh, sore? Is it like your whole vagina is covered in sores? And does that mean you're contagious all the time and like not contagious for a part of the time? And I'm like, these are grown men. And I'm just like, no, it's not like that at all. It's just, we haven't had the education and what Mm. people don't know they fear. So that's why I do, partly why I do what I do is to bring so much awareness and education about it to say, this is not like I'm trying to normalize it because so like one in six people in the U S men and women have genital herpes one in six. That's a lot. That's a huge number. And I think maybe two and four or three and four have oral herpes, like a lot. There's yeah, a lot it's of over 50% who- for sure. And these are people who have either gotten tested and confirmed or have had outbreaks. There's a ton of people who carry the virus who have never had an issue with it. It's similar to coronavirus. It's like there could be a carrier, but you're asymptomatic. So you just don't know unless you get tested. And the problem is, is that the um, herpes test isn't on a normal STD screening panel. So you have to ask for it specifically. It's really, But doctors don't consider it to be a serious enough virus. It's not life-threatening. Why do you think so, that is? Why do you? Why is it not on a typical STI panel? Because they, I think it's, I don't know. I don't know how accurate it is. I don't, I'm not really sure. But I think it's just because it's not something that is really 
life threatening. Like it doesn't cause infertility, for example, like some other STIs would cause. Right. It's a, it's a pain in the ass. It's an inconvenience sometimes, but it's more the stigma than the actual Mm. physical part of living, of having herpes. That's the issue. And so knowing it, knowing that you have it could lead to more problems, you know, in your life because you're attaching yourself to the stigma and the fear around it versus just like living your fucking life. Yeah. And what I hear most commonly from people, especially who have just been recently diagnosed is how am I going to live with this? How am I going to find a a relationship? Who's ever going to want to have sex with me? Who's ever going to love me? Mm. How am I going to live with this? Everybody says the same thing when they're first diagnosed. I felt like that too. But as over the years, I've learned that the people who are meant to be in your life will see you for you. They won't see you as somebody who has herpes and sure I've been rejected a couple of times, but those, I shouldn't have been having sex with those guys anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But most of the time, I would say 95% of the time, the guys that I've been with have been okay with it. And obviously like I take really good care of myself, make sure that I'm doing the best that I can, that I, I have the awareness of knowing of what and how, what to do and how to best take care of myself to manage it mm-hmm. and to protect both myself and my partner moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, everyone is able to consent and, 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 or not consent into what their, the risk levels of risk they're, they're willing to take. But I think, I think that's, such an interesting, like, I, I, I know that those numbers were numbers I did not know. Like that's wild to me that, that it's, it's seen in such as, such as like stigma root and like anxiety and fear-based thing. And there's so much shame around it, I imagine. And yet it's so common and, and probably so, so many people have it who are listening right now who like have never heard it advocated for before. Yep. Yeah. So it's I think so that's, true. I think that's an incredible thing. So moving back to like what you said about the diet and how you like you are able to mitigate or like help sustain yourself. Like when you're feeling when, when something's c- coming on and like for a week, like what are some of the things that you tend to focus more of, um, from a like digestive standpoint, like what do you tend to like really, really focus on from your food? Well, I eat all like whole natural unprocessed foods. So I really enjoy cooking and I cook a lot for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm eating whole foods. I know the foods to eat because I've studied it and researched it and studied it that um, help to manage herpes outbreaks. So like foods that include vitamin A, foods that include vitamin E, zinc, um, and vitamin D and all those vitamin C and all those types of immune boosting foods. Mm -hmm. So I make sure I'm including a lot of those in my diet and I'm avoiding things that are going to cause acidity in my body and inflammation in my body. So like alcohol and coffee, I try to avoid during that week. Mm. Um, sugar, I don't eat really that much sugar anyways, but it's funny because sometimes like I, when I get an outbreak, I want to turn to like my comfort foods totally. for comfort, like ice cream and chocolate, but actually I need to be careful because those could could make it worse or like prolong the healing process. So yeah. I really just try to be careful that week. And I, you know, take the medication and it usually goes away within a week to 10 days, depending on the severity of the outbreak, because sometimes they're different. Yeah. Is that the same for, um, for like all of the, the, the candida stuff and like the skin based or like vaginal health stuff, like outside of HPV or herpes, like 
Is it, is it a similar protocol for that or is it different? No, not at all. It's different. I mean, it's also good to make sure that your immune system is boosted because it's, it's those foods also feed your gut, which are, which is good for your immune system, which is also good for candida. But because candida is a fungus, it's a bit of a different protocol. You'd need to include an antifungal um, regimen of probiotics and antifungal herbs Mm -hmm. and antifungal foods into your diet um, to eliminate candida specifically. Interesting. So is that true for any fungus? Like that, because I know that is Lyme disease considered also like a fungus based, or that's mold, right? I don't know. Okay, I'm just curious, <laughs> I like, don't know. I've been I've just been like researching a lot of how like symptoms can show up on your body and like whether it's acne or like your skin or whatever. And I'm just so I I'm always so curious about how like the foods we ingest can like either heal or not heal. But it's it's also so fascinating for me because it's like I'm thinking back to how long does it if it's just a food base. So for example, if 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 my if somebody's candida's over overgrowth or like their symptoms was attached solely to food triggers. Let's just say hypothetically that was true. What like what is the timeline between like when you would ingest those things and you would see symptoms emerge? Is it typical? Is there like a typical amount of time or is it just individual based on the human? It's individual based on the human. It's it's based on the health of their immune system. It's based on the health, like their what's going on in their life at the time, stress. Mm. Um, it's so different for everybody. It's like, huh, I'll use the, the coronavirus as an example. It's a bit different because it's a virus and the yeah. pathology of it all is different. But like, I'm pretty sure I'm 99 five percent sure that I had it and I was in quarantine when I when I I start first started noticing the symptoms and I was quarantining with two of my friends that I'd been traveling with Mm -hmm. so I got it first and then a week later my other friends started to get the symptoms but it wasn't as bad as mine and then my other friend most likely had it but didn't show any symptoms so he was asymptomatic Mm, so it's totally different depending on the person depending on their immune system depending on how strong their immune system is, yeah. how stressed they are, like their diet, their, yeah. it totally depends. Some people get really triggered like that, hmm. but some people it's a slow burn. Interesting. What yeah. was your, what were your, I'm curious, what were your symptoms? Oh, <laughs> it was like having a bad cold, like yeah. a really bad cold, yeah. but it was weird. Like I lost the taste and smell. Yeah. That was huge. Like I couldn't even taste oil of oregano. <laughs> oh, yeah. For two days, oh, two or three days. That's amazing to me. I know, right? <laughs> it, it, I'm really sensitive to oil of oregano. It always makes me gag, but I couldn't taste it. And um, my nose was really stuffed up and I couldn't breathe. And I had like a low grade fever, mm-hmm. um, body aches and chills and the cough and all of those things those symptoms and they but they wouldn't test me because my symptoms weren't serious enough they're just like stay home and rest totally yeah I have a few friends who've had similar experiences I was just curious because I feel like again it shows up individually in all of us so differently and uh, yeah it's just I think I think that's where I find my most frustration though in this and 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 also like 
Yeah, I think I just feel wildly frustrated in that process because it's like, okay, I, I see, even though I know and, and like the work I do is so individual, I, I, like, I find myself seeking like quick, immediate results and like a simple system that's just going to fucking like help, you know, and like give me some kind of support instead of just like constantly trying things and, and them working for a time or not or like not even really knowing what's working and like that just constantly being this this – struggle have you experienced that for yourself yeah I mean when I did my candida diet elimination diet years ago it was like I I just did it from scratch I had no idea what I was doing Mm. and you know like I kind of also just wanted a quick fix I didn't want to do the work because it's hard yeah (laughs) like I said it brings up all the shit and that you have to actually go through but that's the only way the only way to heal is by going through that And a lot of clients, you know, they come to me with issues and they want to work with me and they've got candida and they're telling me, oh my God, it's, it's ruining my life. It's ruining my sex life. It's ruining my relationships, et cetera. And then I'm like, okay, well, here's the information. Here's the price. You know, I've given you the tools. You just have to do the work. And they're like, nope, uh, every people get afraid. (laughs) Like, well, I can't do it for you. I've done it. Like the easy work for you to, to show you what to do, but you, you still have to do it. Totally. (laughs) Totally. And it's like, it's hard. It's hard to like commit to yourself. I think, I think we're so taught that doing that is the last, like where we've been so been taught to just constantly give, 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 give to others and to actually commit to yourself and like heal. <laughs> what a concept, right? Like what a concept to take some time and focus on yourself, um, whether that's spiritually or, um, or nutritionally or whatever that all goes hand in hand. Cause it's all rooted in you, right? Our body, our soul, everything is connected. So like when we're doing that, where it's going to bring up other stuff, but that is part of the healing journey. That is how we, we come home to ourselves, I think. Um, so I, I think exactly. that's really beautiful and fuck. I'm like, okay, now I'm like, okay, what's the next step for me? <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting, a couple of things. Um, It's a lot of people feel like they don't deserve it, or like they don't Mm. deserve to feel better, or they, they, they're just afraid to change their habits. And they're afraid of change. You know, everybody's a little bit afraid of change. But especially when you're like, don't, you can't eat chocolate anymore. They're like, Oh, my God, don't take that away from me. I used to be like that, too. But Mm -hmm. there comes a time where you become so desperate, because your health is just affecting your life and your lifestyle in so many ways that was like, it was for me, it was just like, I can't fucking take this anymore. I will do anything. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But like, it's so interesting with your eczema, for example, like, is this a recurring thing for you? Totally. And it's, it's really interesting. Like with my recurring issues, it always comes out in my vagina Mm -hmm. and my lungs. I get vagina and lungs. I'm I'm susceptible and prone to bronchitis too. And it's in your hands. Yeah. You know, and it's like whenever we have these recurring issues, there's a reason why this happens. There's a reason why it comes out down there and here and here, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like when you can kind of start reflecting on that and being like, I wonder what that could be. I mean, if you know anything about the chakras, um, that's a really great resource to have is there's these seven, di- not yeah. to get too woo No, we had like, an episode on the chakras not too long ago. Actually, okay, podcast. good. It's, yeah, no, it's an but, amazing. Yeah, like me, it's root and sacral chakra and heart chakra. And those make so much sense with my past traumas, why I have issues specifically in these areas. Mm. 
and for you it's a bit different because they're your hands that's yeah, it's like back. it's a it's a limb <laughs> yeah but those your hands I mean in Chinese medicine maybe there's like a some kind of a line or whatever it's called that's connected to your heart maybe or like something like that mm. it's it's interesting how it's connected yeah no I mean as you say that I'm like that makes a lot of sense for where I'm at personally right now so that's very interesting and that's also an important part of the healing process too is just kind of reflecting on that and being like oh like for me it's I don't feel safe and that's root chakra stuff Mm. I don't feel grounded I don't feel stable or secure Mm. in my home or in myself and then I get a herpes outbreak right yeah that's so interesting that you've seen the correlation of that that you've noticed that for yourself I think that's a really beautiful thing and I think um I think our bodies are such teachers and I think the more we can listen it's so interesting how I think so much so much as women we've we've been taught to like hate our bodies right and so as soon as something happens it's like uh, the world is doing this to me or why is this happening to me instead of this is okay how can I see this as this is happening for me as a as a way to teach myself and a way to come back home to healing? And I think that that has been, for me at least, the biggest takeaway of our conversation today is our bodies are teachers, right? And our bodies are like give us clues. Um, and it's up to us to say, hey, I hear you. I love you. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to show up for you instead of fuck you. (laughs) Like, I don't see you. I'm not going to do this work. Um, and I'm just going to live my life on autopilot and, and amplify these issues for yourself as a result, you know? So I, I love that. The more you avoid it, the more, the louder it becomes. Mm. And it's like, like we were saying earlier, like your beacon of light of health. It's like when your body is demonstrating these symptoms, it's your body is telling you something. So if you can take that back and be really compassionate and loving with yourself and being like, what can I learn from this? I think that's where it can, you can really start the next steps of the healing process. It's like, is your glass half empty or is it half full? And then instead of spiraling into crazy, like what's wrong with me? How can I can't la 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 into like, Hey, what do I need to do? What do I need to learn? How can I improve this going forward? And, what do I need to learn to take the best care of myself moving forward? Mm. That's when it, when you come into a place of empowerment and confidence within yourself. And that was like the game changer for me too, with the herpes um, experience for me. Now I'm just like, Oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thank you for uh, just the work that you're doing and just like the advocacy around this space, I think is so, is so fucking epic. And I just cannot, say enough amazing things and I'm so 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 glad that we were able to have this conversation and like that that my audience is just being introduced to you because I think it's really fucking incredible truly (laughs) so before we get into fun fast questions I'm curious can you share a little bit more about like what services you offer I know you have some like group group ish like specific programs for different things and then you also do one-on-one work yeah 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 I do customized personalized one-on-one support for women who really value like a personalized and customized approach. 
Um, but I also have online programs. I have my fuck candida yes. <laughs> online candida <laughs> elimination program. Yeah. Cause it's really fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And then I've got, I just created the BV elimination diet program. So it teaches you all about how to, um, basically change the way that you're eating and adapt a new way of eating into your lifestyle to eliminate chronic recurring bacterial vaginosis symptoms. Cause so like 80% of women between the ages, I think it's a 15 to 49 experience BV at some point in their life. And mm. some of them are chronic like years. So this teaches you how to get rid of it through yeah. diet, nutrition, wellness practices, supplements. And I just um, created a program called healing herpes holistically, which is for HSV positive folks. And it's kind of like an e-reference guide slash e-book. It's like basically all the stuff doctors don't teach us when we're diagnosed. So like Mm. the physical stuff from the diet, nutrition, supplements, like diet to the micronutrient detail, Mm. (laughs) like meal plans during an outbreak, like what I was saying, how I eat really healthy during an outbreak like that with recipes and then like the emotional stuff. So like how to identify your triggers, like ending the shame and stigma within yourself, disclosure mm-hmm. practices and all of those types of things. I love from, that. Yeah. Like from a holistic perspective, it's like, it's way better than Google. <laughs> yeah. Cause Google's a fucking sh- shithole. For oh, the worst. <laughs> I love that. I think that's really fantastic. And I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes for you guys so that you can take a peek and, and get into her sphere. Okay. You ready for fun, fast questions? Yes. Okay. If you could be an inanimate object, what would you be and why? Oh. <laughs> I The first thing that came to my mind was I would be a flower because I would love to be able to be out in nature all the time and just evolving with nature and watching the world go by. I love that. That's a good answer. What flower would you be particularly? Do you have like I'd a be favorite? a tulip. A tulip? That's my mom's favorite flower. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see them, I, know, I always think about her. Also, it makes me think of spring, which we're like, it's like finally we're here. It's so lovely. It makes me yeah. so happy. Okay. Um, what has been the coolest thing that you have gotten into during this time of like quarantine and COVID? <laughs> um. It's so crazy. I think with my work, I've been busier than ever. Mm. It's nuts. It's like, it's awesome. (laughs) It's so awesome. Um, And also, yeah, I met a new fella who's pretty cool. (laughs) Did you meet him during quarantine? Yeah. Oh my God. What? That's amazing. We met online and we've been talking for like two months. That's so cool. So have you guys, you haven't seen each other in person or have you guys found ways to facilitate that in like safe ways? Yeah, facilitated yeah. safe ways. And he lives down the street from me. Oh my God. Shut up. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah Love so- in the time of Corona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be like, it's still pretty new. Well, but yeah, but pretty still. Cool. <laughs> have you seen that? I'm sure you have because it was like around everywhere at the beginning of quarantine that guy in like Brooklyn who like had the the crazy drone and like dropped a note over to like this woman who was dancing and then he ended up going on a date with her in a bubble and like yeah. they walked down the street I just thought that that shit was so cute so cute <laughs> oh my god okay what is your favorite word fuck I knew we were so <laughs> sisters 
I, yeah. I'm Canadian. We're Canadian. We swear. That's it's so like a funny. part of our culture. Do you feel like that's a thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like I've, I've lived in, like I've lived, luckily I've been able to live all, in different parts of the world and I've never met a culture that squares as much as Canadians do. And when I'm in Europe, people kind of get taken aback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I usually like kind of disclose it down. I swear a lot. I just want to let you know. It's not because I'm not a classy lady. It's just it's just the way I express myself. <laughs> 100%. That's so funny. I, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I, I moved. I've been here for 10 years. So I've I've been, you know, I, I left when I was swearing, yes, but I was still, like, not an adult. Like, I have not been an adult in Canada unless I go back, you know. And so it's so interesting to, to, to hear you say that because my perception of Canadians comes from, you know, the, the 19 years I spent there, which was very much rooted in, like, I say sorry all the time and you walk down the street and you say hi and you, like, have conversations with people. And it's very, like, polite and loving and sweet, but, like, I haven't experienced the, you know, the intensity of the fucks. And I kind of I'm sad about that I'm like sitting here being like oh man like I've really missed out on my people <laughs> and also like interesting that that has been my progression even though I have lived not in Canada for the last 10 years that like fuck is for sure my favorite word of all time so that's yeah. really funny <laughs> okay and speaking of our last question which I asked everyone is what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life just being completely authentic and speaking my truth and just living with compassion and love and kindness and just being able to do this work that I do. And I think that really comes through in that. For sure. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Can you share how people can get in touch with you on the Instagram website, all that good stuff so that they can get in your sphere a little more? Yes. Yeah. My Instagram is at Yoni Nutritionist. And my website is www.yoninutritionist.com. And you can also find me on Facebook at Yoni Nutritionist and YouTube at Yoni Nutritionist and Twitter All at Yoni things. Nutritionist. <laughs> and yeah. Amaze balls. Ah, yeah. so good. Make sure to go follow her. All that is in the show notes for you guys too. And thank you so much for being here. This has been really, really enlightening and just like a really fantastic conversation. So I really appreciate you and your work. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And there you have it. Thank you, Adrian, so much for coming on and chatting so openly about all the stuff and doing all the work that you do in the world. For everything that we talked about in today's episode, you can check it out at the show notes um, or head over to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 97. And um, I really, really, really urge you to send this, send this, send this, share this episode with all of your friends who have vaginas. <laughs> like seriously, um, there are so many people in this world who, uh, who don't know this stuff. I didn't. Um, and who, uh, and who, uh, don't have access to, uh, an open conversation around. There's so many people that live, are living in this world with all of these things and, and feel alone. So share this. You don't know who you could be helping change, um, their lives. I really look forward to seeing you on the podcast next week. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, some really, really important episodes are coming your way. Ones that scare the shit out of me to share, to be quite honest. Um, and that makes me know that I need to do them. So I love you. I'm here with you. Uh, I stand with you. 
and yeah, I'll see you next week.